This is Andy Purwell for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by Sky Sports' Adam Smith now over Zoom. Adam, how are you doing? I'm very good, thanks. We're just recovering from uh, the drama of Saturday night and, and obviously the, uh, the four weeks of fight camp, which uh, have been uh, amazing. Something completely different, something you never have thought would happen. And, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a brilliant month, I think. There's been some fantastic fights. It's looked spectacular. It's been... Uh, a real innovation, I think, from Matchroom and Sky, and uh, I hope people have enjoyed it. Uh, we certainly have. Um, now it's all down, and uh, we look for the next project. But um, yeah, I'll be, uh, be back to chatting to Eddie today about where we go from here. Um, but obviously, you know, more importantly, where does you know heavyweight boxing go from here as well? And uh, it's um, the twists and turns and the unpredictability of our sport is why. We're all gripped and why we, we love it so much. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, just sort of reading all the reviews, all the, um, the, the opinions of, of people from, from the weekend. And, uh, yeah, it was quite a night, wasn't it? It was indeed. It was certainly, certainly something I won't forget. is a, a brilliant stoppage victory for Alexander Povetkin, just a stunning finish. Um, let's start from the top of that card and work our way down, Adam, obviously with Povetkin's knockout victory over Dillian White. As I said, a stunning finish to the fight. But what did you make of it and obviously the, the knockout in the end? Yeah, look, I mean, the first couple of rounds were were close. Uh, Matt thought Dillian sort of nicked them and... You know, Povetkin was was throwing his fair share of body shots, but I don't know, the general sort of body language I got was that, you know, he was a bit sort of vacant end of the first round. He didn't go back to the right corner straight away. I thought, you know, are we looking at a Povetkin from Saudi? I thought he lost against Michael Hunter that's, you know, that sort of had his day. And, and this was very much sort of last chance saloon. I thought Dillian, certainly the, the, the third and the fourth round, he was in total control at the end of the fourth round when... You know, he, he got the two knockdowns and you sort of looked at the Povetkin corner and you just wondered sort of what was left really and, and what was left in his career. But, you know, you just can't write off a, a heavyweight who can punch, a heavyweight who has power. So many of them can. And Povetkin, you know, landed the Swedish shot of his long career. Who'd have thought it would take this long to land, you know, the best shot of all? It was a, an incredible uppercut. It was, uh, you know, it came from right down almost on the floor and, uh, Straight up through the guard, Dillian didn't see it, obviously, and all his good work, all his good work over, what, the, the thousand-odd days more that he's been waiting for the shot at the WBC belt, um, unfortunately, comes crashing down. But that's boxing for you. You know, he took the challenges, he took the risks. Should he have done that? Well, I think that's what Dillian White's all about. He's a fighting man. You know, he, he licked his wounds after the Joshua fight, and he'll do so again. He wants the rematch. He wanted it you know, 20 minutes later after he was knocked out. I saw him backstage afterwards and, you know, he was, obviously he was down, but, you know, he's a, he's a mentally strong individual and I think that, you know, he'll, he'll relish the, the, the chance of going back in there with Povetkin. We all will to see whether, you know, he can continue the good work he did up to, you know, the, the, the first few seconds of round number five and, or whether, you know, it will, it will take a, a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, demons to, to overcome and whether there is, you know, damage there and you know and Alex Lewis did it didn't he got up off the two devastating defeats to, to Oliver McCall and Hasim Rackman and you know became the best heavyweight we've ever produced so you know it's uh it's a blip it's a big blip for Dillian it's a it's a 
it's not a disaster. It's a, obviously a, it's a crushing blow, but it's something that he can rectify. You know, he's he's trained long and hard in Portugal, and you know, you'll, there'll be a lot of questions answered. You know, should Mark Tibbs have been there? What about the corner? Was he cruising a bit too much? Did he take his eye off it? Or you know, is he susceptible to uppercuts? There's all sorts of things that are going to be said. I think what we know is that any heavyweight on any given night can can do that. And, you know, we've seen Tyson Fury knocked almost cold by Deontay Wilder. Somehow he got up from that. If he hadn't got up from that, you'd have said, well, he lost once. Deontay Wilder's lost by knockout. Anthony Joshua's lost by knockout. Alexander Bevekin lost by knockout to Anthony Joshua. So, you know, there is a bit of a merry-go-round here. There is a, a lot of twists and turns. And there's a huge amount of fights that, that can be made and, you know, Bob Arum crowing about, you know, you should have, uh, you know, concentrated on the mandatory shot and then London bridges are falling down and all this. I mean, it's nonsense, isn't it? You know, ultimately, Kubrat Pulev's got the chance against Anthony Joshua. Of course he does. He's a big, strong heavyweight. So, you know, Deontay Wilder could come back and knock out Tyson Fury. It's probably unlikely, but you just don't know. And I think that's the unpredictability and the fascination of, of heavyweight boxing. And that's why... Certainly the casual fans get so into it because you just never know. And for me, it was one of the, the biggest stunners we've seen in recent times. You know, Joshua Ruiz in the garden, probably more because, you know, Ruiz was such an outsider. You never thought that was coming. And I think Povetkin had much more chance going into the fight against Dillian White because of his proven track record. But I think the way the fight was going, certainly in that third and fourth round, you know, it just was the pattern of the fight was just one of the biggest shocks you'll see. Just because of kind of the way the fight was going going into that fifth round, was you surprised by the fact that Povetkin was able to find that shot, or is it simply a matter of Povetkin still obviously a world level um, fighter at heavyweight, and you can't have actually ever just write him off? Both of them had had their success with body shots, um, you know, during the fight up to them. I just thought Dillian was just the boss; he was the one in charge. And uh, yeah, you know, look, you you, you just. Was it Russian roulette? Was it last, you know, last, last throw of the dice? What, what was it? Or as he said afterwards, was he actually not that hurt from the knockdowns? And, you know, look, he, he'd obviously practiced that a lot in training. He obviously saw that as a, as, as a possible opening, a possible weakness for White. Um, so you've got to take your, your hat off to Alexander Povetkin. It was a fantastic shot. You know, was it a, a shot with his eyes shut like Oliver McCall knocked out Lennox Lewis? Was it one with Hassi Rackman when Lewis had been messing around on the set of Ocean's Eleven and got to South Africa late? You know, that there was there was the chance of upsets. Always is in boxing like that. But this one, you've got to give credit to Alexander Povetkin because he, you know, he found the right shot at the right time. And um, to be honest, yeah, I thought Dillian would have won fifth, sixth, seventh round stoppage. And I think most people probably would agree. I think it was, uh, you know, it was... A, possible desperation from Povetkin, but it was desperation, but beautifully timed and a, and a wonderful shot that they have been working on. So you have to say, well done, Alexander Povetkin, at, you know, 40, 41, he's next week. I mean, it's incredible, really, isn't it? That, uh, you know, he's kept chugging along, he's kept in there, he's, you know, he's beaten Price and Fury. I thought he lost to Hunter, but, but this is boxing, you know, different styles make different fights and he saw a weakness and, you know, as AJ said, maybe Dillian should have jumped on him when he had him hurt. But, you know, I think it was a, a, a sort of clever performance from Dillian White. You know, behind the jab, I thought his body shots were good. I thought he looked really good. You know, it's just one of those things. And uh, you've got to give credit to Alexander Povetkin. He came out 
with a massive victory and uh, yeah, he revs his career up again. And um, But it's not the end of Dillian White, of course not. And uh, there'll be those out there, the naysayers. I saw what Andy Ruiz put, you know. And Look, Dillian is, he is his own guy and he says what he believes all the time. And, you know, some people have not liked that over the years, but I think more and more people have liked the fact that he's taken on all comers and he's no-nonsense sort of, sort of guy. And, you know, I think people have become, you know, very fond of Dillian White. So there's a lot of people pretty gutted on, on Saturday night that it could happen. But, you know, ultimately, as Anthony Joshua proved, you know, you dust yourself down, you go back to the gym, you come again. And look what he did against Ruiz. And Tyson Fury, you know, most people probably thought he might get knocked out again by Deontay Wilder after the knockdown in the first fight. But, you know, he went back, he, he changed trainers, he went to a, a different setup, he got himself in phenomenal condition, he worked on a game plan, he said he was going to stop Deontay in the, in the rematch, and he did. So, you know, this is a, now a chance for Dillian White to prove his minerals, to prove that he is world-class, which we believe he is. Is he good enough to win a world title? Has he, has he missed that opportunity? I don't think so, you know, there's, there's chance, but, you know, it's going to be a a tough one with, with Alexander Povetkin going in with all the mental demons you know, flying around and knowing that that could happen again. Was it a, a blip? Was it just one shot? He, you know, he was unlucky or, you know, or is this Povetkin who will stop him again? The rematch is going to be fantastic at the end of the year, isn't it? Just to touch on that rematch, Adam, you know, I remember when AJ lost to Ruiz in New York, a lot of people were suggesting maybe it would be better for AJ to go away, have one fight, and then go into the Ruiz, Ruiz rematch. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition, and AJ went straight in for it. But with Dillian on the back of such a heavy knockout as well, is it the right thing to go straight back in for a rematch? Or do you think maybe have one fight in the interim and then go in for it? Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? You know, that's what AJ did. You know, everyone said, oh, should he have a, you know, warm-up fight back, me included. You know, that was a that was a devastating defeat in New York. But, you know, when you, when you get that rematch, sometimes you've got to strike while well, the, the iron's hot, or certainly when the business side is, because, you know, he, he was desperate to, you know, to right the wrong, reclaim his titles. And, you know, he, he spent a long time in the gym preparing for that meticulously and working out a strategy to beat Andy Ruiz. And then you still get critics who say, you know, it was boring. You know, he was a bit gun-shy in there. And, you know, why didn't he knock him out? Well, I mean, this is their careers you're talking about. This is a business, you know. AJ went in there and put a pretty punch-perfect performance on, you know, to school Andy Ruiz. And that's what he needed to do. And Dillian's going to have to go back to the drawing board and, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's difficult because he prepared for Alexander Povetkin this time. He'd watched the best Alexander Povetkin tapes and, uh, you know, he, he got it wrong. He said to me afterwards, he said, oh, 100, 200 times in, 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 in sparring, I blocked that shot. You know, it was my mistake. And if it's his mistake and he could rectify that, then no reason why he couldn't possibly go on and win the rematch. Um, is it the right move? It's a good question. It's the move we want to see. Um, I don't know, probably for Dillian. For these guys, you know, they're at that level now where, you know, they, they might as well just go for the, for, 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 this, for the risk. They might as well roll the dice because ultimately if he goes and beats, you know, a, a, an average heavyweight and maybe just to get some confidence back, it's like, you know, you're, you're at that stage now. You're about to fight for a world title. And if you think you're good enough, then you've got to be beaten Povetkin in a rematch. It's fine. If he loses again, then, you know, maybe that's, that's just sort of a leveller. And, you know, we know that, that Dillian may never become a world champion. But you're only one shot away or one punch away in this heavyweight division from getting a, a sort of new lease of life or a new opportunity. You know, they're, 
there, there are so many around. And although it's been very difficult for Dillian to actually get that world title shot, you know, through the politics, through taking other fights, through, through you know, very, very different, you know, situations. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's all about entertaining as well, Dillian. He wants, to, he wants to fight the best. And I think if he wants to test himself and if he can't beat them, he can't beat them. So I don't have a problem with, you know, two, three defeats on a record. You know, if you're, you know, you're looking back at Evander Holyfield, at Mike Tyson, at Lennox Lewis, at Riddick Bowe, you know, these great, great heavyweights are in terrific fights. You know, Bo Holyfield, you know, he won one. Holyfield then came back in the rematch. The third one, they were both down. That's what we want to see. We want to see drama. And um, I think Dillian White won't be remembered. You know, he never wins a world title. He won't be remembered to, to being the greatest fighter. He's never said that. He'd be remembered for being in great fights and always testing himself and giving, you know, giving value for money, which again he did on Saturday night. Unfortunately, you know, it backfired for him uh, in dramatic fashion, you know, visually and maybe mentally. But I, I think he'll come back and come back stronger. And he wants the rematch. And I think it's about him. So... Yeah, look, you know, Lennox Lewis spent two and a half years trying to get Oliver McCall back in the ring. He had loads of fights in the meantime, and um, maybe he needed that before he got in. And then McCall had the breakdown in the ring. With Rackman, it was immediate. So you just don't know. It depends, I think, on the mentality, on the manner of defeat. I think, you know, Lewis knew against Hassim Rackman that he'd messed up in, in, in not being prepared well enough. And he was so prepared for the rematch. And look what happened. He, he knocked out Rackman, and that was the end of him. So... You know, Dillian will probably just think it's one mistake I made. I was in control of the fight. As long as I don't make that mistake again, I'll get the job done and I'll beat Povetkin in the rematch. So, um, you know, we say as fight fans, bring it on. One final thing on Dillian before we quickly work through the rest of the card, Adam. Um, obviously, you mentioned comments from Bob Arum and we've seen Andy Ruiz's video. What have been your thoughts on kind of a reaction from people who are involved in the sport, in particular Bob and uh, Andy Ruiz's comments? You know, look, I, I'm I'm a broadcaster. You know, I, I respect all fighters that get in the ring. I'm not I'm not one that's going to be you know criticising. You know, wouldn't have said if, if Alexander Bevekin had knocked out, wouldn't have said, oh, there we go, poor you know, forty year old Russian rubbish. Or you, know, you just don't do that. I don't think. You know, Bob Aram's got you know obviously his his agendas. You know, he looks after Tyson Fury. He looks after Kubrat Pulev, and um, you know he's 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 stuck the knife in. Um, that's up to him. Um, you know, Andy Ruiz. He's got beef with Dillian White. They were meant to fight. That was poss a possible opponent for this uh, this year. And, and, you know, that didn't happen. So, look, you know, Andy got schooled out in, in Saudi Arabia. He came in way too heavy. And, you know, look, I, I just, I'm not in that game for, you know, I, I don't, I think you should respect everyone that gets in the ring, certainly at that level. You know, it's, um, it, you, you, it's up to us to call a fight, you know, I don't think we should be going onto Twitter and all that sort of stuff and, you know, sort of shouting out about things. That's, that's a promoter. And I don't know, would, would Eddie Hearn have, have said that? If it, I don't know. I, I just, I didn't think it was, Bob Aaron's one of the greatest promoters the world's ever seen. I like him personally. I like Todd DeBerf. I like Top Rank, the whole organization, but um, I don't know. I didn't think it was that classy. And, you know, look, it's obvious that they're, um, they're promoters and they're trying to push their guys, whatever. But, you know, I think Dillian White's, provided a lot for, for the sport over the last two, three, four years. And, um, you know, I think it's tough to be, to be kicked when you're down, but that's what happens. And, you know, there will be people that say, well, White said maximum violence and he'll bring everything. And he said things in the past and, you know, he's wanted Wilder and he can't get past Povetkin, but each fight's different. And I just think, you know, you've, you've got to respect that. I don't think it's right to be kicking someone when they're down, but, um, 
each into their own. Just to work through the rest of card, Adam, from Saturday night then, Taylor pursued to again delivering another great fight. What was your thoughts on their, their start, their clash? Yeah, great fight. You know, they've had 20 rounds now, haven't they? And they've been absolutely fantastic. I didn't think it was quite as... As, uh, as brilliant as the, the fight in the garden, and maybe because they had the crowd there and everyone was on their feet at the end and they delivered that 10th round, which is one of the great rounds in modern boxing history. And it was you know, possibly the best fight of last year. It was so good. Um, I thought Katie was, you know, was lucky in the garden. I thought Pursun probably deserved it there, but it was close and it was close again on, on Saturday night. You know, we're, we're 10 metres back from ringside. So, you know, it's, it's difficult at times commentating off a monitor. We're not on the ring apron. Um, no doubt Katie landed the classier shots, the, you know, the better punches, but, you know, Delphine Pursun landed a, a whole lot as well. And she was aggressive, certainly from, you know, that third, fourth round onwards. And, Taylor had that great start. I, I thought it was a close fight. You know, Andy Clark scored it to Bassoon by a couple. I know Spencer Oliver and Johnny Nelson, and most people that I spoke to afterwards thought Bassoon deserved it. Matt had it a draw. And then Eddie had Katie winning quite comfortably, as did Victor Lachlan by five points. I, I didn't see that. Um, I thought it was tight. I would have accepted 96-94 either way. As I said, I think Katie was much better this time and classier with her bursts. But, you know, it's, there was a lot of aggression and, and energy from Pursun. Um, You know, she didn't feel, um, you know, badly done by at the end. And I think that was pretty telling, the fact that she was hands up. Last time she was in tears. This time she was, you know, she was very happy to get that opportunity and, and do it all again. She was very praiseworthy of Katie afterwards. So, you know, in her eyes, Katie deserved it. Uh, Katie's team certainly thought they won it, you know, fairly comfortably. Um, and I'm pleased that Katie now can get sort of Delphine soon off her back and move on to, to other fights. You know, she's 16-0. and 0. She's a fantastic fighter. She's an, an icon for Irish sport. She's, she's wonderful. But it was a close fight. And uh, I can see people thinking Katie deserved it by a couple, two or three. I can see people thinking Delphine Bassoon could have got it on work rate aggression. These two-minute rounds are tough to score. Uh, I've got to say, and it is subjective. So um, I don't know what you felt, Andy, but it was a pretty mixed one to me. It was a great fight, though. Certainly was. Um, just moving on once again, Clay Congo again, another another very good matchup up until the point of a stoppage for Chris. What did you make of their their bout, and how was you seeing it progressing as the rounds were going on? Because it seemed to be at times maybe Chris was tired, and then he had like a burst of energy to come forwards. How was you seeing it? Really good matchup, wasn't it? You know, you, you wonder whether Clay would just have that extra seasoning in the professional uh, ring, which looked at sort of the middle rounds that he was starting just to get into a rhythm. And you just wondered whether Congo hadn't gone beyond six, whether that would start to become a problem. But then Congo heard him, I think it was in the fifth, and he didn't sort of follow up. And I just wondered if that was the opportunity. But maybe he was just pacing himself. You know, Jimmy Mack in the corner, wonderful trainer, and obviously always in great condition himself, isn't he? So... I think actually he paces his fighters pretty well. And I think he was just probably saving a bit, uh, Congo. And, uh, you know, and, and ultimately he got the knockout. I thought it was a terrific performance from Chris Congo. Luther Clare again played his part like they all did on Saturday night. You know, everyone that lost, they, they played their, or even Drew played their part in it. But yeah, for me, it was a great a great night for Chris Congo. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's promised so much and we've heard so much about him and he was such a great amateur but he's never had that one fight on a professional stage I think he needed it and I think Luther Clay brought the best out in him and um, you know Clay can come again no 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 disgrace or anything wrong but Congo got it right and uh, you know he said he would and um, well played to him. 
you mentioned draw they obviously Chelly Cullen ending with a draw certainly over social media most people from what I saw seem to be scoring in favour of Zach Chelly controversial on the back of that your thoughts yeah I, I, I thought Zach Chelly won the fight um, you know I thought he boxed really well I thought Jack Cullen provided a bit like with Luther Clay provided a you know real competitive 10 rounder I thought he was um he tried everything you know at the time his you know his jab he tr he's almost like trying everything right the right tactics but he got caught quite a lot and I thought Chelly's movement was good I thought his fast combinations were good I thought I thought he was it was a bit of a coming out party for Zach Chelly to be honest again another one that's sort of just been you know he a lot of star quality at the beginning everyone thought he was going to be great George Groves James DeGale all those guys who spar with him they thought he's you know, plenty of talent. I've heard a lot of good things about Zach Chelly. I was really looking forward to seeing him. We know about Jack Cullen and what he can give, but Zach was, I thought he was great on the night. I thought he won the fight. Um, you know, one of the, the judges went against him, thought Cullen won. And, um, you know, there's, judging is subjective and look, they've got a job to do. And, you know, we, um, we, we, we do our job. We call the fight the way we see it. As I said, it is hard at 10 metres back for fight camp. It was. You know, we're looking forward to getting back onto that ring apron because I think when you're on that ring apron, you can really see the quality and see the, the ebbs and flows a little clearer. You know, calling off a monitor and quite a way back with Perspex in front of you is not as easy. But yeah, at the same time, the three judges are there. to, to They're right ringside. They're very experienced. They're very good judges. And, you know, sometimes you're going to disagree. And I think there's been, there'll be a lot of comments on a lot of these fights. There'll be people that thought Zach Chelly should have deserved it. There'll be people that thought Katie Taylor won clearer. There'll be people that thought Delphine Bassoon, you know, should have been tougher in that interview afterwards. And, you know, a lot of people thought she won sort of 96-94 or it was close, you know. A lot of people had Povetkin winning the first couple of rounds against Dillian. Some people had Dillian. Some people had it very close. I think that the key factor with all of this is that Zach Chelly proved himself, never mind that he didn't get the, the win, he proved himself and he came out and that was fantastic to see. You know, then you had Alan Babich coming in and, and, you know, he's just, he's great value, isn't he? You know, how far he'll go into the higher echelons of the division, who knows, but he's going to be a great journey while it lasts. It's uh, very exciting. You know, and then you had a great fight with Chris Congo and I think maybe some people would have maybe had it close or, or, or I thought Congo was in, fairly good control of it. And then, you know, then the Katie Taylor-Delphine Bassoon fight, it's going to be subjective. These these quick rounds to score. I thought Tasha Jonas nicked it against Terry Harper. Some people didn't agree with that. And I think you're always going to get that subjectivity. The classier work, no doubt, with Katie, but Delphine Bassoon with all the aggression. And there was plenty of shots she landed as well. And you saw the bump on, on Katie's eye, but you know, the face of Delphine was, was marked up. And Katie certainly fought a more sensible fight this time. I thought the first two or three rounds she was absolutely brilliant but did you know did get dragged in again it was just a great fight so you know Katie gets the decision good she moves on fantastic and then in, in, in the in the final fight you know whatever you saw in the first sort of three or four minutes of the fight D Dillian White was definitely in control by the end of that fourth round there's no question there so that makes it so dramatic and and, and you know that bolt from the blue and that's why you know, we are stunned while we are lost for words, while we are shocked, while we are, you know, now looking for the next, you know, the next fix, the next sort of heavyweight, you know, drama. It, it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? And that's why we love it. So lots of debate, lots of, um, you know, subjectivity, a bit of controversy. It's what it's all about. It's what the weather was like on, on Saturday night as well. You had a bit of rain, you had a rainbow at some point, a bit of sun, you know, a bit of wind. It was just all happening. All the elements were there. And uh, that fight camp in the garden just provided something, didn't it, over four weeks. The egg and the cheese, 
the Jonas Harper, the 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 you know Paul Courtney fight, Felix Cash, you know, so many Conway and Mansouri, so many good fights. Zelfa Barrett's cracker with Eric Donovan, you know, it was fantastic. And then I think we saved the best to last. You got you know value for money all the way down the card. It was a spectacular with the fireworks and everything and uh, lots of talking points. And that's what we love. We love debate. You know, we love the, the, the fans interaction. We love people saying what they think and whether they agree or disagree with Matt, with Andy Clark, with us, you know, that's what it's all about. But, um, you know, we, uh, we, we, we never say we're right. We just call it as we see it and, and the judges do their job and you know, do they think they're right? Maybe they'll look back at it and think, oh, I, I got that a little wrong or I was spot on there. But it's all about education. It's all about subjectivity. And um, there's experienced people around. But ultimately, you know, you sometimes get strange decisions and sometimes get strange knockouts. And, uh, you know, we certainly got a bit of that on Saturday night. Just two more from me, Adam, before I do let you go. Um, just on the Savage, again, another terrific stoppage but a victory for himself. After the fight, he called out Filip Hergovic, a fellow Croatian, and then we saw a lot of people on social media saying they'd like to see him in with Dave Allen. Either of those fights, too, that you'd be interested in? Hergovic, Allen, Bacoli, loads of them. I, I like to see the Savage in with you know, a huge amount of fighters. I mean, he wants to fight tomorrow, today, doesn't he? You know, he was saying that he spars every single day with Dilly and he doesn't do any natural other conditioning in the gym. <laughs> sort of, you know, he just wants to fight. I mean, he's a breath of fresh air, isn't he? You know, he's a, he's a part-time bouncer. He's, he's got this alter ego in the Savage. He's, he's Alan at home. You know, you, you didn't want to bump into him in the corridors around fight camp in the bubble. I mean, look, but he's, he's engaging, isn't he? And, and look, he's, it, it's funny, actually. You sometimes get these characters. I'm not comparing him in any way to Butterbean because Butterbean was a big lump, you know, and, and very different. But he went and did his own thing, didn't he? Sort of king of the three-rounders, you know, just sort of smashing everybody up and, you know, kept winning. So, you know, there's... And he was a bit of a, a sort of freak attraction, but but it worked, didn't it? You know, and, and you, you, you'd, have, you'd have Alan Babich winning prize fighter every day of the week, wouldn't you? But, you know, how far he'll go in, 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 in this world... You don't know. I mean, he could he could punch. He can fight. He's got a huge heart. He's got attitude. Is he big enough? Is he technically good enough? We have to wait and see. I love him with Ben Allen. I love him with Ergovic. I mean, he wants all these fights. He said, line them up. Line them up, you know? And if you put him in with, with a Joshua Fury and Wilder, and would he get stopped? I mean, would he, you know, would he have found his level? At the moment, you'd have to say yes, but... Who knows if he can notch up, you know, 10, 12, 15 knockouts and put the frighteners up some of the heavyweights. And we'll have to wait and see if he's, uh, if he's got anything more than what he's shown so far, which is aggression, you know, no nonsense, in your face, power, excitement. I mean, look, there's, you want to watch him, don't you? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, final thing, Adam, obviously just reflecting on fight camp now, it certainly seems to be that it's probably been received better than what I think anybody could have imagined at the beginning. Just boxing's return, nobody knows how or what to expect. What's your overall reflections on it now that it's over and where does boxing go from here? Well, we're not a team at Sky to pat ourselves on the back. You know, we, we, we do what we can to provide the best entertainment, the best television experience that we can possibly do. There's a huge amount of hard work that goes in behind the, the scenes. You know the team yourself, Andy. You know, there's so much passion and dedication in there. 
Um, and we're not one to say, you know, oh, we got everything right. We don't. We're ones to learn from mistakes and we're ones to, you know, to, to hopefully deliver that. And I think that's what Fight Camp has done. You know, I think uh, it was a great idea, whether it was Eddie's or Frank's or, or a combination. But, you know, we sat there a few months ago, Eddie and I, and we looked out into the garden and we thought, could we do something like this? And uh, it's taken a huge amount of work um, from 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 so many dedicated operational technical savvy people to to get this across the line and uh, I think it's been a, a, a pleasure to work with I mean we work with Matchroom for so many years and they're a great organization but we've worked so closely with them on this you know the fight bubble was just fantastically organized it was so efficient it was so smooth and you know the 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 uh, they're professional they're just a fantastic team and I think the Matchroom and Sky teams combining um, has, has given us this this great month, um, you know, but as spectacular as it looked and as different and as uh, as fun and what an experience it was, you know, it was missing crowds, no question. Um, yes, we tried everything we could to, to listen to what fans wanted and give them the best sound we could and that natural, you know, punches and the corners and all that sort of stuff which made it really authentic, I think. But, you know, we missed the crowds. It wasn't the same. You know, if there had been 10,000 people cheering Tasha and, uh, and Terry Harper on or the Katie Taylor fight or, you know, it, it's, you know, I think, I think what we do is that we have done is we've got the fights right, you know, it's the most important thing. I said to Eddie, I said, look, we've got to make sure that these fights are, are very close at whatever level, and, you know, came the... For Mantra, you know, no easy fights, and and that was that was apparent. And um, you know, there were upsets, and there was um, there were just great matches. And I think what the fighters did, they've shown and proved they come out of lockdown with such a great mental and physical attitude. They want to get back to work. They've they've come in. They've been fully focused. They haven't actually had to worry about you know the ticket selling, the the moving around on fight week from venue to venue. You know, they've been kept inside in a bubble. And of course, that that brings its difficulties. It's you know bumping into your opponents, claustrophobic and all that but ultimately they've been very focused and I think that's really come out in all the fights for all the weeks I think there's been some tremendous performances there have been some great stories you know and I gauge it on you know we get really close to it Andy and we want to improve for the next one go again we'll fight come come back next year I said to Eddie you know last week I said look you know he says do you think we should go on with it keep the structure up I said look and we both agreed that let's leave the party at its highest you know let's leave it you know, at, at the top, and it, and it, and we did, and and I think it was a fitting finale, and I think it'd be remembered as a as as as, as a great sort of not just experiment, but a, a great production, and it was it was you know bound together by some really hard work from from Matram, from Sky, from from others that really helped combine. But really, it's hats off to all the fighters who have taken risks. They've taken tougher fights straight after lockdown. You know, no easy way back. They've gone in there. They've been so focused, so blinkered vision on, you know, actually, you know, their careers and, and doing the best. And every single one of them deserves so much respect. Even the ones that lost, the Shannon Courtney's, the Dillian Whites, you know, the poor Eric Donovan, he'd done so well for sort of six rounds of that fight. You know, they can all come again. I think even in, in defeat, you know, they've, they've almost, you know, Shannon Courtney's, you know, almost like grown from that. And, and I'm sure Dillian will come back even stronger from his loss. And, you know, that's what happens. And, you know, we'll, Eric Donovan, you'll see him on a show again. And, and, and these guys and, and, and girls have been fantastic. You know, Tasha Jonas, you know, what a story she was. So I think there's been fantastic stories. You know, Eggington will come again. Cheeseman, you know, that, that first week was, was terrific, wasn't it? You know, Gavin Gwynn's, 
you know, toughness, tennis and coming through. You know, you forget all the, the great fights there were. And it was a, a brilliant month. And I think we, we now just pause for a bit. So we reflect on that. We let it settle. And, um, you know, we build up and we go again. And we come back in September, October, November. We now we know we've got big fights ahead of us. We've got a, a big rematch with, with White and Povetkin. We've got AJ to get our teeth into again. Usyk Chisora, hopefully. And uh, so much more. You know, the likes of Josh Warrington, Callum Smith, Kel Brook. You know, where are they going to appear? Joshua Boazzi, we want to see back really soon. And, and hopefully in September. And, um, you know... The women's game it's not even the women anymore it's just boxing now isn't it I mean there's just been cracking fight after cracking fight and um, we can't wait let's hope Chantel Cameron gets her chance Savannah Marshall gets hers and you know the, the sport is rocking and that's fantastic and when you see you know albeit a, a defeat for a British fighter but and a dramatic one but you see it sort of back page news again people are the casual fans love fight camp didn't they and I think that 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 says it all Frank's been doing a great job on, on BT to get boxing back regularly. He came back first and, you know, we saw Frampton and Conlon come out the other night and, you know, we want to see Dubois and Joyce and Anthony Yard and, and there's so much to look forward to with boxing in general. I think the, the big fights, Andy, are going to be tough to make, the really big fights still without a gate. So we're going to have to sort of just work towards that and maybe by October, November, December, you know, we're going to have a, a pretty great intense period leading up to Christmas with some huge fights because if the crowds are back hopefully and the finances have been worked out we'll get some real mega mega fights but uh, yeah I think and I hope you agree that Fight Camp has been a, an unprecedented success and um, it's been something completely different something completely unique and I think Eddie will, will look back at it and think that's one of his greatest achievements but none of it's possible without the hard work of huge amount of people behind the teams and most importantly Andy and I always say this it's the fighters without the fighters you know we're nothing I've got so much respect for them and, and that's why it, it sort of irks me a bit when you see those sort of negative tweets about you know fighters that are on the floor because you know they they put their lives on the line each and every time in the ring and um, you know every one of them has got my respect and and it's you know whatever level they are at and we're not we're nothing broadcasters you doing your job judges doing theirs fans watching we're nothing without the fighters themselves they're the ones that get in the squared circle and put on the entertainment and their careers are on their line as we saw Dillian White waited over a thousand days for his world title shot and you know it's uh, it's it's like that it's you know rebuilding time and it's gone and it's cruel it's a real cruel brutal business and uh, you know they're very very tough individuals and my hats and my respect to, to every one of them and you know what they'll all come back and the ones that come back stronger from uh, adversity from defeat you know the ones that uh, will continue and 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 become you know the great fighters you know Muhammad Ali Lennox Lewis you know these great heavyweights they tasted defeat they lost they came back it's about how you deal with it so you know Shannon Courtney was an absolute bits after a loss to Rachel Ball some people thought Shannon won some people thought Ray another close fight doesn't matter I said to Shannon look it was a great fight we'll do it again we'll do something else it's you know Jim, what always used to teach me this, Andy? You know, these, these, everyone's trying to protect these zeros, you know? Defeats don't matter. Johnny Nelson lost 12 fights. He lost a huge amount of fights. He lost his first three professional fights. Seven and a half years, he was a world champion at the end. It's all about the journey. And the journey with Dillian White has taken a hit, but it just takes a turn. 
and he comes back and let's see what we go, where we go with Tyson and with AJ and with all of that. But, um, you know, they, they all have my respect. And I thought Anthony was very classy as well. He could have, uh, he could have stuck the knife into Dillian, but, you know, he's, he's been there. You know, Tyson Fury was almost there, but he hasn't. You know, he stayed unbeaten. But they know. They all respect each other, these fighters. And that's what we should do, Andy, as well. It's been a terrific month. We all need a bit of R&R now. And uh, we go again. Adam, we'll leave it there and I'll leave you now to enjoy some time away from fight camp and to work towards what next projects you have lined up. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for speaking to Boxing Social. Cheers, Andy. Always a pleasure. Take care, mate.